Welcome to the Real Deal of Parenting podcast with Abby Johnson and Regan Long. This show covers all things pertaining to motherhood with authenticity, insight, and a healthy dose of humor with topics from a Christian perspective, ranging from the everyday challenges of raising kids of all ages to high profile issues and current events facing families. There's something for everyone. We've got a great new episode planned for you. So let's dive into today's show. All right, we are live. Good morning, good morning. Abby, how is it in Texas over there? Last week it was snowing. Yeah, it's so I have no idea what the weather is like. I haven't even been outside today. I've no. I don't know. Let me look look at my weather app. I can tell you what it is. It's it's I didn't take the kids to school. It was Doug John took the kids to school today. So um it says the weather's crappy it says it's 63 and drizzling so yuck at least you're in the 60s yeah that's a plus. yeah it's not, it's not cold so that's nice i know i'm I, i'm over here and we're creeping up in the high 40s and 50s in north carolina and i'm like just just get us above 60 with some sunshine that's yeah. that's all i'm asking for um yeah i this is thank god we have our morning show every tuesday because any other day of the week like i woke up this morning and i'm so disoriented because the baby still doesn't sleep so literally when i wake up i'm always like i don't know if it's a weekend i don't know if it's a weekday and i'm putzing around this morning still unaware and i'm like oh my god it's tuesday tuesday we have our show i'm just oh my gosh reagan i fulton does not sleep either like I don't, I, I don't know how I'm, he's, we're, okay, our babies are the same age, they're only two weeks apart. Yep. Okay, have you ever had kids that slept? Or um, are you one of those people that d- just don't have kids that sleep? Because I, I don't have kids that sleep. Right. And I swear we probably enable them. I, our first baby, we did everything wrong. So, and everyone who's watching this, chime in if your kids sleep and if they're good sleepers, what they do. So Abby and I, we have 13 kids between us and apparently we're doing something wrong. <laughs> but our first we baby, we didn't know how to parent. We're, we're terrible at this. <laughs> like, we don't know how to make our kids sleep. The first one we did, she co-slept with us. And some people are for that. Some people are against that. Literally, I remember when she was nine months old, Terry and I had like black and purple circles under our eyes. People were like really concerned and we were just so exhausted. And then when we had our second baby, we were going to be done. Ha ha. Um, And so we were so sleep deprived. We're like, we're putting him in his crib at like four weeks old. And literally we kind of did. He he was great. He slept in his crib. Our second baby, my oldest son slept good. And and then after that, and then we had a third baby and I'm like, oh, well, she's going to be my last. So I might as well kind of spoil her and sleep with her and hold her when she was <laughs> that I had another one that I had another one. <laughs> oh, so none of them, you know, and, and again, Abby and I's uh, youngest boys are 20 months old. I don't know if there's like a sleep regression period, but KJ hasn't slept. He started teething at four months, went through a sleep regression then and hasn't slept since. So Fulton, I mean, did he sleep at all ever? No, he was never a good sleeper, but I'll tell you, um, I, and I, I've, I've never been one of these people. Okay. But after he got his 15 vaccines, he started getting night terrors and I don't know if there's a correlation there or not. I, I don't know. But after he got his 15 month vaccines, he started getting night terrors and Ever since then, it's gotten it's gotten progressively worse. He will only sleep if me if I am holding him. So I have to be holding him like in my arm like this. So I don't sleep hardly because I have to be in a really awkward, uncomfortable position for him to sleep. And I'm. And he does something weird with his arm. His arm and his hand have to be in a in a weird position underneath me, or else they're just flying around everywhere, hitting me in the face. It, it's just I don't know. It's something. He's just a terrible sleeper. 
And um, yeah. and it's, oh. it's, 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 KJ's the same, he has to be touching me. And in the king size bed, so here's the bed, I KJ's right here and I'm over here on the edge. And he he oh he has to be touching me somehow. And then he does he does the kicking through the night. Like my legs are bruised on the one side because he kicks in the same spot. And I is just and then if he's not up to nurse back to sleep, I've done I, I do extended breastfeeding with him. He won't take a pacifier. I'd love for him to take a pacifier, okay. but he won't. No, I you're a pacifier. I'm the pacifier. So if he's not, if I'm not up nursing him back to sleep, I'm up making sure he's breathing and in a safe spot. <laughs> so, oh so, I don't think so, so any of our, any of our community, if, if you know how to make your, your kids sleep, just let us know. <laughs> because 13 babies between us, you think she and I'd be, you know, <laughs> masters and experts on this, but clearly 13 kids later, we, we don't have it together. And then my twins, my three-year-old twins, by the end of the night, they're in the bed with us. So there are five people in our bed by the end of the night. And so I, I'm not getting any sleep. Well, she, tur she turned six. I keep calling her five. I get my kids' ages mixed up. Um, our six-year-old will come in bed, too. And this makes me laugh too. Do you ever show up at a doctor appointment? I'm sure, especially you, you were Doug and you're like, they're like, okay, what kiddo are you here for? What's their birth date? You know, like the receptionist always has their birthday. And even with five, I'm always like, give me a minute because I have to pause and think which kid, which is live. Like, you don't know your kid's birthday. I'm like, give me 10 seconds and I'll have it. I always have to pause. Which kid? I know. Here they get to me. I'm like, okay, wait. Okay. Hold on. Alex was in 2012. And then I have to start from it. It's like 2012, 2013, 2014. 12. I have to like go down. <laughs> that's what I do. I swear that's what you have to do when you have a bunch of kids. I am the same way. I start, I start at the top 8, 10, 12, 14. Yep. 19. Yeah. So funny. And speaking of, I'm just going to put this out there because I am hopeful. There are some, there are some women out there that have the secret sauce. But I am looking, and Abby, Abby really doesn't have it. You have great skin. Speaking of sleep deprivation, I will give a prize to somebody that can send me something to try for these for these bad boys right here. I need some. I don't want to take anything orally. I want something topical to like tighten, tone and tighten my eye bags. <laughs> That's what I want. I don't see any eye bag? You have great skin. I don't even know what you're talking about. See those deep dark lines i get people that message me and say sweetheart i feel bad for you you look so tired i'm like thank you i am i am Isn't that great or people are like oh you look tired and you're like actually i feel i felt great that day <laughs> <laughs> i feel good today what are you talking about this is just my face for me, <laughs> this is this is my face now oh i see some people saying uh, their kids are the same way you know so i guess we need to feel grateful you know that our kids were their comfort right were their safety yeah. were their safety zone so i i think i think it's more common than not common you know you know in fulton's i'm like up with him and i just think okay you know i mean it won't be like this forever right Oh, that makes me think of the song. All of you, as soon as as soon as we end this show, I want all of you to go look at it. Uh, the video. It makes me think of the stages. Abby, did you see the YouTube video? Oh my God, I'm so bad with songs. It, he starts as a baby, and then the YouTube video. It's not. It's not Jason Mraz, where the baby. He starts out. The room starts out with a crib, where they're decorating the nursery, and then they bring the baby home, and then. It changes to a toddler room and then a tween room and a teenage room. And then they show boxes moving out. Oh, um, I don't know what you're talking about with that. And the, that's, oh my gosh. Who's the guy with like the really soft voice that he sounds like, like he could be playing a piano at a piano bar, but he's really like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that description? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. That was a great description. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so bad at 
descriptions. I could, he's like, it's super suave. Who's the guy that's super bubbly? Buble, Michael Buble. Michael Buble. Michael Buble. Okay. Michael Buble. Um, uh, it's a Michael Buble song. Uh, yes. You, you've never heard it? I don't know. I don't know. Oh yes, it's it, it yes. Uh, it, it's uh yeah. Here it is. Um, it doesn't say the title of it though, <laughs> but I'm gonna tell everybody, and you're gonna thank me. Um, I'm actually what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna share it below this link after we get off, and you're gonna watch it, and you're gonna go cry to Doug, and you're going to love me and hate me for sharing it because it's just oh. amazing. Oh. So Michael. Oh. Yeah, speaking of crying places, um, I was mm -hmm. at an indoor water park with my kids the other day. Well, we had well, our snow day, right? Um, <laughs> that we had with our kids, and we went to an indoor water park and um, arcade. And uh, Real Deal Parenting had posted, "What's the bravest thing you've ever done as a parent?" and I was reading through those things as I'm at this indoor water park and arcade. And I'm like crying as I'm reading them. And Doug's like, stop reading them. Um, and I'm like, they're so sweet. But I was, oh my gosh, they were just. It's, it's a lot. I mean, truly brave. I mean, um, really heart-wrenching uh, some of the things that um people had posted some of the things that you guys had posted on there and and really just um humbling things that you guys have gone through as as parents it it, it was you know and i have them up here you know we got we posted on a couple different platforms and we got thousands of comments and I think brave is, is an understatement. Like I can't imagine walking through some, some of these things. And, you know, Abby and I spoke on the phone last night and we were talking about this. And of course, as parents, we all get stressed out. And there's times I'm like, guys, I, I need you to go to the other room or let mommy go to the other room. Look, I can't be around you right now. And, and then we look at some of these parents who would, um, who've lost a child and it's not supposed to be like that. You're not supposed to bury your own child. And we both felt such a gratefulness that thank God our kids are here to annoy us. Thank God we're having a tough day and the kids aren't listening because they're here. And, um, and so, I mean, it's parents who lost their children unexpectedly. Some I have up here who, um, how to take their teenager off life support. Um, talking about burying their their baby. I mean, that was the loss of a child came up more than more than I'd like to see. And that's why I always say, you know, I feel like I've gone through some tough things in my life, but I'm like, my children are safe and they're healthy and they're with me. And everything else is figure outable, right? Like yeah. anything else, figure outable. I just yeah. There were quite a few that were talking about like, sending my child off to war, which, I you know I can't even imagine <laughs> uh, what that takes as a parent. Um, there were some that talked about placing their children for adoption, which is incredibly brave. That's um, I always say people that have made the decision to give their child up for adoption, I look at that as heroic, absolutely brave. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Patty Mulwall said, sent sons off to college, buried my baby son, and then supported another son in military boot camp. I mean, that's amazing. Um, so, I, I mean, it was just, so many of the stories were just 
absolutely incredible. Um, a lot of stories about, you know, just choosing life for their, for their children after doctors encourage them to have abortions. Right. Um, you know, a lot were, you know, having, you know, choosing life after a, a poor, you know, prenatal diagnosis. Um, there were a lot of stories about, you know, handing babies off to have, you know, um, heart surgery, you know, right after birth. Right. Um, and, you know, something I just saw come come up here a few times, and I literally almost feel shameful saying this after after these. But because I experienced this with four out of five of my kids and it truly was some of the most traumatic experiences of my life. Um, and some people are going to shake their head because, again, I hate to compare this to what we just spoke about. But several people said dropping their kids off at daycare. And yeah. let me tell you, so I experienced, I was diagnosed one time with postpartum depression, but I feel like I definitely had it more than once. And I always had to go back to teaching quickly. And for me to this day, passing my baby over, my very new baby over was one of the most physically and emotionally painful things I've ever experienced. I would cry every single day on my way to work. I would break down in front of my students at times. And so I really likewise empathize with people that struggle in that. I know so many working moms and dads who that is that is just a fierce pain for them. And that takes that takes guts and courage, but there's no other for the majority of people there's no other option. So it's just yeah. something you have to face daily and I really resonated with that a lot from personal experience and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and then I, there were some, some people that said there was one lady on here. I remember reading who said left my six figure job to stay home with my kid. Oh, I didn't. And I thought, that's really great. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> for me, you know, not working would be, really, really difficult for me, you know, to be a right. parent it would be really hard for me. Um, that would be really difficult. And so, I mean, it, and, and some of them were funny, like, you know, like taught my teenager how to drive, you know, which can be a lot. I remember my parents talking about how hard it was the first time they saw me like pull out of the driveway on my own. <laughs> in the car, you know, because you're, you know, letting your kid go out and you don't know what, you know, if they're going to come back in one piece, if they're going to come back at all, you know. Yeah. I mean, parenting is just hard. I mean, there's so many difficult moments along the way. I mean, that it just, it's like bravery every minute of the day, you know. I mean, there were people on here that talked about adopting special needs children, which is incredibly brave. Yes. Um, I, you know, so many parents, um, and I, and we often think of, of moms raising children on their own, but I know several dads who are raising children all on their own. And, um, that's, that takes courage, you know, um, God, it's, it's, it's hard to do with two people, let alone one. Um, I see right here, uh, and this came up a few times, being a step parent, you know, trying to be a step a stepmom, trying to be a stepdad, navigating those waters, respecting boundaries while still showing, you know, love and compassion. Um, you know, Sandy just commented, and you're right, Sandy, like trauma is trauma. And so, you know, sometimes we're like, oh, well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to complain because my... No, my situation's not as bad as this person, but you know, you're right. I mean, what's hard and Reagan does this all the time. Reagan's like, I don't want to complain. I know your situation's worse than mine. And I'm like, no, like somebody's bad situation is somebody's bad situation. And I'm okay to complain. It's okay to say like, I'm having a hard time, you know, right. and uh, you know, your feelings are valid. Um, and you know, your hard times are valid just as, you know, uh, 
you know, like for instance, just because your kid can't sleep, just because you're tired because your kid doesn't sleep, is, doesn't mean that it's not, it doesn't affect you, you know, in a, in a negative way or it doesn't mean that you can't, you know, be like, oh my gosh, this stinks right now, <laughs> you know? It's, it's true. Uh, and, and, and something, you know, that's more, I don't even want to call this lighthearted, but that I'm seeing this a lot. Abby and I talked about this last night too, is homeschooling, virtual schooling, homeschooling. We saw a lot. And, um, man, this, it's just like opening a can of worms and there's just so much to say, but that takes, that takes courage. And it's, I feel like, you know, I graduated, I went to college, I got a dual certification in elementary and special ed. I taught for 10 years. My, my students were my children. They had my heart. I loved it. Um, but let me tell you someone who's equipped to teach. It was a zoo when, when the pandemic, you know, when everything went haywire, what was that March last March? at March. Um, and then we were all four. I'm just like, I have a loving, safe home for my children, but this is not conducive for learning. This is not like, yeah. oh my gosh. So, well, let me tell you when, okay, we had, when we went to virtual school in March, we had two in pre-K, one in kinder, one in first, and then grace in seventh grade. So I was like, okay. Um, and, and we were at the school, they're in, and so the school take, is that my kids? Or is that your kids? Nope, that, that's my kids. <laughs> okay, that's, I couldn't tell. Um, we are our, our kid, uh, um they would pack two weeks they would they would you know better you know like monday you know three day three six whatever so it was really a job and we would go through you know the packet it started out really okay do this you know so i've never done but i was like we're gonna do it i bought like 150 ticonderoga pencil i had like the coloring pencils i had an organized this okay we're gonna nail it like Because it's not, it's not the same, you know, it's not the same experience. We couldn't go anywhere. Everywhere was closed. You know, right. I mean, it was, just, it was just a completely different experience, you know, and, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't even make them sit down and do this stuff. It, it, it was just so ridiculous. And, uh, I, I, just, I couldn't do it. I gave up. I, we, we were a weekend. We, we did a solid worth of work and I was like, I'll do it. Like, I, right. I, I'm just not going to do it. I'll do, I'll do your work for pre-K. Right. It's, it's, I, like my, my six-year-old was showing everyone on her Zoom how to do splits and how to put her legs over her head. And my phone I with all the kids Literally, I had alarm set to try to stay organized. Your Zoom starts then. Here's your small group. This is your small group. This is your full class Zoom. So my my alarm clock is you know going off four times an hour at times, 
And then me, sometimes I'm like, a I'm good with technology, but I'm not. It, it's like, okay, you have to log on to this platform. There's rapid identity to I clever to I ready to class dojo. Then you click this to download this plan. Class Dojo, I, I still, Terry does it. I'm like, I forward him the things. I'm like, I can't log into one more thing. I, I don't even know how, I don't even know how to, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. Like the teachers were like, Abby, you need to, you need to upload their work. I'm like, sister, I don't know. I don't know how to do it. Okay. I don't know how to upload it. I don't know. I don't understand it. Like I got five kids in class Dojo. Okay. I, I'm like, I don't even know how to navigate and they all look like monsters. Can I? All of their icons are monsters. Can right. I like put their picture? Because that would greatly help me. <laughs> I don't know which monster to click on. Okay, like it's like you, this Like you don't understand what I'm talking about. But literally, their icons are little pictures of monsters. I need them to look like my children. Okay, because I don't know which one I'm clicking on. Okay, <laughs> I have too many. We can, we can write books and public speak and run businesses and nonprofits, but we can't do class dojo. Okay, we can't. <laughs> I finally, I finally emailed the teachers and I said, I swear I'm, I'm educated. I swear I'm competent. But I'm like, can you just email me the lesson plans? Can, I can upload the thing to an email and send it to you. Literally, I'm like, I'll get it to you that way. Like, why can't we all just email? Like, you know. <laughs> And then there's the other app we were supposed to use and they're like, they're like, you know, oh, this, you need to, you need to use this app. And then there's some, I don't know. I don't know what the app was. They're like, this is what you're supposed to use. And I tried to use it and they're like, oh yeah, you click here and here. I'm like, it does not, this does not work on my computer. And they're like, well, you're probably doing it wrong. I'm like, I know how to use a computer. Okay. Like I'm not an idiot. Okay, I know how to use a computer. It's not working on my computer. I, I just stop it. Like, just stop. Just send me the lessons via email. Why doesn't email work anymore? See, that's what I said. Mar see, I see that too. Uh, Marsha just said I did a lot of screenshot texts and emails. I've done that too, you know. And it's like I also am the type, and I've wrote teacher, and I have all the respect for teachers. So please know, anyone who's a teacher, I, mm -hmm. I did it for ten years. I will go to the grave saying teachers are overworked and underpaid. Okay. I stand behind, you know what I mean? That being said, um, I also, when they started, I was going out of teaching. I, I had a foot out the door of teaching when they started all the, what's it even called? All the craziness where you, like a simple two-step math problem is now nine steps. The core, core. Core, core. Literally. So I think I was like, I don't know how to do it. I don't know I, how to I, do I, it. I don't, I, I don't know how to help my no, my second no. grader do math. No, I won't teach it. I don't know how to do it. And when I literally, they, it started to be introduced before I left teaching, and I refused to teach that way. I did not teach that way. And I made it very clear. I said, I can be written up, but, but I will not teach it. I will teach it the right way, the old school way. <laughs> and that's how I'm doing it. And nothing ever happened. And I think my parents appreciated that, <laughs> who had me those two years. No. But, to this, Terry will try to teach the kids, but when I'm doing work with them, I will email their teacher and say, I'm sorry, but this is the way I know how to do it. So here's their work. This is how we did it. The right way, the old school way. So yeah, I, I came home with some math problem and it, or no, it was Luke. Luke came home with some math problems and it was like, I, I swear, it, I, like I swear my big toe, it was like seven plus six. Okay. <laughs> right. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, that's 13. And so he's like, yeah, but mom, um, you have to show that this way, you have to do it this way. And I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. Right. I don't know how I'm like, baby, just write 13. <laughs> he's like, I know it's 13 mom, but I, I have to do it. You have to show why it's 13. And I'm like, I don't understand what it just is 13. I don't understand what you mean by saying why it's 13. It just 
It is. is. It is. Seven plus six just is 13. And, and there were all these things like you had to, sh I, I was like, I, baby, I don't know how to help you. <laughs> and so I just wrote a lot of people, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah, I just I, right I, I'm the same way. And I know you and I are such similar creatures, but I feel like we're not alone and so many can resonate. But it's like, yeah, I, I really do refuse to go there because I live my life in 15 minute increment periods of surviving and getting everything done. And I can't take 12 minutes out of that 15 minute period to do seven plus six and do it longhanded. I can't, I can't, I can't. And then, and then, you know, the teachers are like, well, there's a video you can watch so that you learn the way that we're teaching them. And I'm like, no, I will not. Yeah. No, I will Say what? I, I will absolutely not do that. I will just simply say to them, seven plus six is 13. And you need to memorize that. And that's just the way it is because it is. Amen, sister. The same thing. Like I was trying to tell my kids. You learn how to spell dog, D-O-G, because you memorized it. Two plus two is four because you memorized it. Seven plus six is 13 because you memorized it. Exactly. Your addition facts, your subtraction facts, your multiplication, yeah. division. It's it's spelling mom, spelling dad. It's memorization. It is mom spelled M-O-M because that's how it is. Seven plus six is 13 because that's what it is. Yep. It's just memorization. Yep. Same way. Oh. So anyone so, else? Yeah, there are because of this, there are a lot of people homeschooling, and that and that was a that was an, an answer that came up over and over and over again on this question: the bravest thing you ever done, homeschooling. And homeschooling is an incredibly brave thing for people to do. It is not something that my family is going to do. Um, I, I can't say ever because if things got really crazy, we we would do it. Um, sure. Thankfully, we do have a, a fantastic, um, authentically Catholic private school that we can send our children to. Right. Um, and they do allow me to say things like, this is ridiculous. We're not doing this. And they're like, oh, okay. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's just that. So, you yeah, school is incredibly a, a brave thing to do, and it's becoming more uh, common. Uh, I think it's going to be more over the next four years. I think there's, a, there's going to be, you and I were talking about this last night, and there's going to be a, a I think a considerable uh, threat of mandatory vaccines uh, in in the school system without uh, the religious exemption uh, opportunity for parents. We know that uh, the Biden administration is is very much for uh, mandatory vaccinations. Mm -hmm. uh, for adults and children alike. And so, and, and we see even at, at states, at the state level, uh, Oregon recently, they are, they are toying with the idea of removing the religious exemption uh, from the public school <coughs> yeah. for, for vaccines. So I think that's gonna be, uh, something that, that we're going to see state legislatures and the federal government with. And uh, that's something that I think most of us um, are, are very much for price, uh, as far as far as medical choice um, yes. for our kiddos. Um, but I think also something, uh, the bigger, uh, probably a bigger issue that conservative parents are definitely going to be fighting against is uh, something that the Biden administration has promised to roll out within the first few weeks of his administration is transgender rights in schools that accept federal money. So we're talking about any public, 
including public charter schools. So a lot of a lot of parents have been uh, really fond of public charter schools, and I have a lot of friends who have, have sort of believed, um, you know, charter schools are the saving grace for right. Christian families. But but these these charter schools are still public schools, and they still receive. Uh, federal funding dollars, and so they would not be exempt under these these policies. And so, what he is going to be rolling out for these public schools or any schools that receive federal dollars will be uh, rights for transgendered children. So, uh, these transgendered individuals would be able to. Uh, play sports uh, on the team which they, I, I don't know how to say this correctly, okay, mm -hmm. I don't really care, right. um, but that, that if they feel like, if a boy feels like he is a girl, mm -hmm. then he will be able to uh, play sports on the girls' team. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, uh, boy feels like he is a girl, then that boy can play on the girls' soccer team or the boy can play on the girls' softball team or whatever. Now, this, you know, this can uh, be problematic for many reasons. Uh, one, because, of course, uh, you know, uh, injuries, right? Um, right. Yeah. You know, if you're talking about contact sports or anything like that, uh, particularly in wrestling, um, we've already seen that sort of come to fruition uh, in several instances uh, where, you know, we've had boys, these are boys that are competing in girls wrestling brackets. Um, they, because they're transgendered, uh, they have hurt some other girls. Um, because <laughs> you might feel like a girl or you might say you feel like a girl, um, but you are physically a boy. And so uh, you are built stronger uh, naturally. Mm -hmm. That's the way that God made you. Uh, mm -hmm. You have more testosterone running through your veins. So your muscles are going to be uh, bigger. They're going to be more uh, built and uh, you are going to be able to do more damage than a girl ever would be able to. Um, and so, uh, and then of course we're talking about scholarships of these kids. A lot of these kids are relying on, uh, you know, scholarships to get them to, to do college. Um, but I think the more, um, this is just science, right? This is science. This isn't me being transphobic or anything like that. This is right. 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 Um, but I think the more the the other thing that Biden is talking about, of course, is is not just the sports aspect, but um, another thing that people need to be very clear about is that part of his policy would also require that these children would would be allowed to then uh, change and use the locker room of the gender that they feel that they are. So now we're talking about boys uh, using the girls' locker room if they feel like they are a girl. And that's so, what it's going to bring up. Yeah. So this is really problematic. Um, now, I, you know, I'll say I, I think that most of these children have been victims of abuse um, at some point in time in their life. Um, so the, these children are, they're, they're broken. And instead of looking for a way to, um, heal them and bring them to a place of health and wholeness, we are perpetuating their illness, their brokenness, and we are escalating it. Um, and, uh, then possibly exacerbating the problem. Um, by putting them in contact um, with other girls, or you know, if they're boys and they're other, they're around other girls, and now now we're confusing them even further. It's um, it's sickness, and we're escalating the problem. 
you know, I, I agree. And I'm, as we're talking about these things and I'm trying to play out the see in my head, how this is all going to play out. Are we also going to have kids at a certain age be manipula manipulative and playful with this? So if, if we have a teenage boy who's like, Hey guys, watch this. I'm going to say I'm like a girl today. I'm going to go in the girl's locker room. You know, well, let's say a 16 year old boy who thinks it's going to be fun and games. I'm going to say I'm feeling like a girl today. So I'm going to go change with the girl. So it, it, do you know what I mean? Is, is that just going to be. Well, yeah, because you don't have to provide any proof. Right. Is no right. Proof. But is proof. Right. Is it, you know, so I feel like, I feel like that's going to be taken so advantage of and it's going to snowball you know same thing for girls i'm not just putting that target on boys like hey i'm gonna i'm feeling like a, a guy today so i'm gonna go change you know with the i just once you're gross yeah who knows who knows but i you know we're just we're living, I know my, my parents always were like, these times are so different. And now I'm like, I'm in, you know, I'm 37 and I'm like, I just never thought I'd be living in times like we are now. And I just, it seems like every month something new is, is happening. That's just, it's shocking, but yet it's like, no, it's not shocking anymore. You know? And it's, and I think where I struggle and I think Abby, our, our morals are, you know, they're so aligned as we raise our children. It's, um, it's like, yeah, not conforming to the modern times, right? It, it, it's, it's like, yeah, you, you know, you, you, we have the technology that's up to date and you have to, you have to stay somewhat modern you know it's like it's fine to drive a car it's fine to have a computer it's fine to take advantage of some of these things but but then on some moral things i always go back to the fact it's not a reagan thing it's not an abby thing some of these things aren't subjective it's a god thing and no matter what modernizes or changes it's like biblically you know, God doesn't conform to the times. He doesn't change. You know, he doesn't say, yeah, let's like hop on this bandwagon. It's 2000 years later. This is okay. You know what I mean? So I always go back to certain things. If there's any confusion, it's like, I mean, well, neither is that truth. I mean, the truth doesn't change. Well, yeah, the truth is going to adapt to you or the truth is going to adapt to your feelings. No, the truth is just the truth all the time. And, and that's, unfortunately, people have come to believe that the truth is subjective. And it's just not. I mean, I, I'm a mental health therapist. I have my DSM behind me right now. Mm -hmm. In the DSM, gender dysphoria is still listed as a mental health condition. Um, it, this is, this is a problem. Gender dysphoria is still a mental health condition, but we're not treating it as such. Right. We're right. acting like it's some sort of act of bravery for a, a child or an adult to come forward and say, I'm a boy trapped in a, a, a girl's body. That's not an act of bravery. That's an act of mental illness. And it's listed as such in the DSM, right? That right, is right, true. Right. That right. is truth. That has been true since the beginning of time. Um, yet we're calling it bravery. That's not bravery. That's right. illness. It needs to yeah. be treated as illness. But for some reason, uh, I'll tell you, Reagan, I mean, for those of you uh, who maybe missed it, I wrote a, a post on the Real Deal of Parenting, uh, I don't know, about a week ago, about the our celebration of fatness in, in our culture, okay? Now, I'm saying this. I told Reagan she can't do it because she's too skinny. 
Um, but I, she could not, she could not write this post, but I could write this post because I'm a woman who's fluctuated between a size 12 and 16 my entire adult life. Okay. Now in the past year, I've lost about 40 pounds. I still need to lose about 30 to be at like a, an ideal weight. And so, uh, and I've done it really through diet, but now I'm at a, a place where I have to do it through like exercise. So my husband and I, we go to the gym like four times a week and that's where I'm going after this. Um, so, uh, and so I recognize that, but we live in a culture now just in cosmopolitan magazine, a few, a few weeks ago, they had two women who were very obviously, I can tell this because I have eyeballs that work. They were very obviously morbidly obese on the cover of Cosmopolitan magazine. And they said on the cover, this is healthy. Okay. There is never a time when morbid obesity is healthy. Okay. We know this. We know this to be a fact. Okay. Morbid obesity leads to uh, diabetes. It leads to uh, heart conditions. It can lead to stroke. It can lead to, now, I'm a person who has, has struggled with my weight my entire adult life. People in my family, mom and dad, have struggled with their weight their entire We're not a small people, okay? Um, but it's a struggle worth having because I have eight children. So I don't want to ever go into the category where I am uh, obese or morbidly obese, right? So it's a fight worth having for me because I, I want to... Um, I could, I could very easily just be like, ah, screw it. Right. I'm going to eat an entire pie by myself and just let it go right? because I like to eat and I like good food. Right. But I don't want to do that because I want to take care of the body that God has given. Right. And some truths are just truth. God gave us a body and we are to take care of that body. Right. But when I wrote this piece, I got, I got Instagram messages from people saying you are being hateful by saying that morbid obesity is unhealthy. No, that is not me being hateful. That is me being factual. That is me stating a truth. Okay. That's it. It's just a truth. It is no different than me saying being anorexic is unhealthy. Yes. When I said that to them, I got no response. They, they didn't respond. I said, if I said to you, being anorexic is unhealthy, would you say that's accurate? And they said, yes, that's accurate. I said, so what's the difference? No response. We don't live in a society anymore where we can actually deal in in objective truth. No, you're, 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 you're right. It's, it's everyone's own truth. And it's, um, again, the truth doesn't change period. And, um, everything's subjectiveness anymore. It just, it's, it's the craziest time. And, uh, you know, I always say, God, God doesn't make mistakes. Like as we circle back to, you know, this conversation with the beginning of this, where, you know, transgender and I, you know, I tell my kiddos because they're having these conversations too of, and I'm like, God made you a boy. You were born a boy. So that's what you are. He didn't make a mistake. You were born a girl. You're my daughter. That's what he chose for you to be. And so I'm always like, I, I'm I'm a hundred percent certain, you know, God doesn't make mistakes. And I do agree. And we have such a bigger, you know, some people are chiming in in agreement and even saying, um, with this illness, you know, since we've had the lockdown since the you know last March, it's like mental illness is at it's what all-time high right now so many people are suffering and it seems like the more we normalize things that aren't okay 
we're seeing so many things, you know, saying is some morbid obesity is okay. And it's, and it's not, we're transgender. Now, you know, a person can decide, oh, I want to go in here with them, even though it's, it's the, the opposite gender, just because I'm feeling like it. Um, we're, we're just seeing so much confusion yeah. and it's just leading just to mass confusion everywhere. And so the truth doesn't change, like you said. Um, right. And and God is is not a God of confusion. And right. so, um, you know, we need to focus on truth and focus on his truth because that is the only truth um, that we have. And, uh, and I, I have to tell you, Reagan, though, I feel... You know, people like to have these like words of the year, you know, and I've never really done that. But I do feel like tremendous. I know everybody's been like, oh, 2021 has already like been terrible. But I feel tremendous hope for 2021. I feel like 2021 is going to be a great year. And I just feel really great hope. And uh, I think that um, it's it's going to be a year that Christians really begin to stand up for their faith and stand up against um, these this confusion that we're seeing in this world. And um, that's really what I'm hoping for. Well, I I love that, and I think I think that's a beautiful way to end. And you know when when we you know, Abby and I receive different attacks publicly and privately. And I always remind people when I'm outspoken on something, it's never a subjective thing. It's always, this isn't, this isn't my truth. This is God's truth. It's, I'm not being arrogant on something that Reagan believes strongly about. I believe it strongly because it's God's truth. And so when you stand on that side, you can't be wrong. And so, you know, I'm going to stand beside you, Abby, and and be hopeful. And um, there's a time to be silent and respectful, and there's a time to be brave and bold in speaking his truth. And so, um, praying for a good balance of both on my end. So, going to do. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. All right, we'll and we'll, we'll get you guys. Yeah, give us some more ideas. Um, we had this topic blow up uh, with with parents being brave. So if you guys have any ideas of of what you want our main focus to be about next week, um, just drop it below this video, and uh, and we'll be back next Tuesday. Yeah. All right. See you guys then. Okay. Bye, guys. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can stay up to date with what we're doing at therealdealofparenting.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. Thanks for spending your time with us. Let's talk soon.